Hello, welcome to Don Paul's Bits of Blather on Weather, Climate, and Science. And uh, I, again, as always, am asking you, if you are enjoying this podcast, to please share it via social media, via word of mouth, keyboard. Uh, if you're not a national figure, and I'm not, uh, the chance for meaningful growth in the number of plays is really dependent on spreading the word. We're showing some real growth, but uh, absolutely can use your help. So if you have the time to do that, it would be much appreciated. A gritty topic today, and that is the idea that we can consider letting COVID run its course and find a way to isolate the vulnerable and let herd immunity come to the country more quickly by allowing uh, things to just let her rip status across middle age, younger adults, teenagers, kids, and just somehow put a bubble around older people or those especially older with comorbidities, the most vulnerable of all, obese, smokers, diabetics, as if there were a magic way to protect the vulnerable. Uh, the idea has received a lot of publicity in the last month or so because uh, a doctor who is not an infectious disease expert, a radiologist named Scott Atlas, has President Trump's ear. And the president has frequently alluded to this idea of, uh, we'll get out of this. Uh, we'll, we're all turning the corner when, in fact, the opposite is the case. Uh, and Dr. Atlas is not unique in his viewpoint, but the vast majority of the medical community, and especially epidemiologists and virologists, think such an idea comes very close to, and I've seen this quote from a, a particular epidemiologist, it's depraved indifference. Uh, we already have 217,000 deaths minimally. There may be more because some attending physicians, uh, if you die in a diabetic coma, make that the cause of death, but at the same time you have COVID, it is really more likely that COVID was the cause of death, but the attending physician said, nah, I'm gonna stick with the disease I know he, that's what he had, but he wouldn't have come to that state were it not for the impacts on the immune system from COVID. Now, uh, COVID is expected if we stay on the current track we are now in the latest University of Washington model to bring a total fatality number of around 370,000 by the end of January, the start of February. That's if people continue wearing masks at the current percentage and we continue to have the economic restrictions, which uh, will be worsening as we get farther along in the autumn, because we're seeing a tremendous spike in the north central United States, parts of the Midwest, uh, in the infection rate. Now, the populations of these north central states are lower, but the percentage of positive tests has just skyrocketed, and the ICU beds uh, virtually absent now in the small state of North Dakota and other states are at a critical level already. And on Tuesday this week, the United States had more than 59,000 confirmed new infections. Now, two months ago, Dr. Fauci testified we needed to get down to 10,000 infections daily by early October if we are to stand a chance of not suffering a horrific second surge. Some call it a second wave. Others say it's a surge of the still ongoing first wave. And here we are averaging now uh, more than 50,000 new infections a day for the last week. And the number is increasing. 
That is the worst possible state you can be in at mid-October with the flu season just beginning. And of course, that's why it's especially important that the percentage of people getting the flu shot goes up this year, especially those with comorbidities. The impact of being infected by the COVID virus while you have the flu, which has its risk of complications, including pneumonia in the elderly, would be overwhelming, and it's a deadly threat. So doctors are urging you to get in now, within the next few weeks, and get that flu shot. And if you're a senior citizen, you need to get the, the one with high octane, as I got. Um, that's just a terrible synergy that's shaping up. And right now, the flu numbers, uh, and we don't know what kind of flu season it's going to be, uh, are not that bad yet. It's early in the season, but those are going to be getting worse. The COVID numbers are getting worse. And the worse we behave, the more likely we are to see additional devastating economic lockdowns. Now, those are devastating to the family structure, to businesses that have been wiped out. They're awful, but fatality is a little more awful. And the best chance we have to avoid these horrific economic disruptions is to slow the rate of infection. And that's up to state governors, uh, particularly governors like DeSantis in Florida and Abbott in Texas, who have often eschewed irresponsible reopenings too soon, too wide, and the spikes followed from that kind of action. That's up to the governors to do what needs to be done on the state level since we're getting so little in the way of federal leadership. You know, Dr. Fauci does not have the power of enforcement. He can't issue a mask mandate. Masks are not foolproof. Uh, and cloth masks that most of us have don't work as well as N95 surgical masks, but they still make a big difference. And if I didn't already mention it, the University of Washington projects that a widespread mask wearing, if it increases a little, could save 80,000 lives between now and the start of February. I don't think anyone's going to call that an insignificant number. The other thing about herd immunity that got some publicity a few weeks ago, uh, Senator and Dr. Ron Paul, he actually holds an MD degree, tried to argue with Anthony Fauci in the Senate. Around, I think this was three weeks ago, actually. And he said his belief was the reason New York is doing better than any state now is from herd immunity from the awful outbreak, which occurred early in the spring. Well, epidemiologists are in unison that the nation would need and the world would need a herd immunity of 50 to 70 percent before a meaningful reduction in the rate of infection could be brought about. And the best surveys from antibody tests that have been ongoing in New York City for some months now is New York City is at about 22 percent. And that's a very hard hit, densely populated area, nowhere near the 50 to 70 percent. Uh, and the rest of the nation's herd immunity levels are far lower than New York's. Florida's probably would, and California's would be close, but no one is really over that 22, 23% level at this point in the best available data. So the idea that we can somehow let her rip and let things get up to 50 to 70% could really lead to hundreds of thousands additional deaths in addition to the already modeled projections. And over the course of the next year could lead to more than a million deaths. The original models out of Imperial College, an, an important uh, academic institution in London, uh, could said, had we all done nothing, we would have seen three to four million deaths in the United States. 
Um, and here we are at a terrible 217 plus thousand uh, with still super spreader events occurring, not just in the highly publicized political rallies like in Des Moines on uh, Wednesday night, but now increasing evidence that family gatherings are causing small spikes. Uh, there was a sweet 16 party a few weeks ago, which has now been linked with 270 uh, people having to go into isolation. It was more than a, a, a small dinner, but it still was a large family gathering. And in fact, the director of the CDC has really appealed to us all to put aside our, our feelings of, oh, Thanksgiving, it's my favorite holiday. This is not the year to have a big blowout family gathering. Just because your loved ones are loved ones, it doesn't make them any less infectious than more distant strangers. So I think we uh, all need to consider biting that bullet too this year and uh, forego large family gatherings. And uh, masking, while imperfect, is still, uh, besides social distancing and good hygiene, is still the most important thing we can do. And the other news on herd immunity for those who have been infected, Dr. Osterholm, and you can find him on YouTube. He's got lots of good short and lengthier interview segments. Um, the there are two major studies that have been done on herd immunity amongst those who had confirmed infections. And uh, it's been found that those who had uh, asymptomatic or very mild infections, their herd immunity is close to zilch. And if it shows up at all, it disappears very quickly. Those who have survived more serious infections may have herd immunity for a few months, but there is growing evidence that that her herd immunity is anything but permanent. And so even if you are a survivor and you had a pretty nasty infection, you are not immune for life. No matter what a certain president says, you're not immune. You may be immune for a while. Uh, most virologists and epidemiologists are advising us that even if we get a good, safe, efficacious vaccine, um, that there's a fair chance it's not going to be a permanent immunity brought about by the vaccine. And we accept that fully with the flu shot. Every year, there's a different strain the virologists try to anticipate which strain is most likely to dominate, and then the vaccine producers in the pharmaceutical industry try to tailor the vaccine to the expected strain with mixed success. And uh, the flu vaccine is never 100% effective, uh, but it's very important to get it this year. And um, it may be something similar as we get into next year and know more about the nature of immunity brought about by the hoped for vaccines or vaccine coming out, uh, that its herd immunity will have to be followed for months to see how long it lasts. And we shouldn't assume that uh, the vaccine is going to be the end of the virus. Uh, Dr. Fauci has testified on many occasions and done interviews that because this is such an extraordinarily infectious virus, the chance of it uh, disappearing are zero. Uh, it may be greatly reduced, that's our hope, and the risk of infection may go way, way down. But if enough people are frightened away from the vaccine uh, and don't get it, its chance of success goes down uh, almost exponentially. If only 40% of the population gets the vaccine, that's awful news for the rest of us. And it's actually, in a way, good news that you're hearing about 
trials being halted. That's the way it's supposed to be done. Where there's not a vaccine under the publicity gun, that happens in many vaccine trials um, because pharmaceutical companies do not want their names out there with a vaccine that was brought out too quickly and where corners were cut. So despite political pressures, it appears that the pharmaceutical companies are following, uh, yes, sped up, but appropriate scientific protocol in developing these vaccines. Okay, that's enough for me. I would urge you if you have more uh, curiosity in these topics, you can find Michael Osterholm, O-S-T-E-R-H-O-L-M on YouTube. Plenty of stuff with Fauci on YouTube and get yourself educated from people who know more than I do. But uh, that's my say, and I will talk to you probably tomorrow. Thanks.